1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18. Plus. Hey
2: everyone. Today's guest is Devin K, guitarist and lead vocalist for the Chicago, Illinois punk rock band Devin K and the Solutions. Together, we discuss the writing, recording, and inspiration behind their fan-favorite song, Millennial Homesick Blues, taken from their brand new EP, Fine, a Ska EP. This band is the epitome of the do-it-yourself work ethic. I recently had the pleasure of touring with them as they crisscrossed the U.S. with Less Than Jake this past summer. They're a lot of fun, and they mix a lot of different styles together without ever sounding disjointed. Devin mentioned that in their case, the mixer is the most important person to them during the recording process. Each member recorded their parts separately, but enlisted the mixing duties of Kelson Zibikorski, who absolutely smashed it. The song is super fun, quirky, and gets better with each repeated listen. The key change at the end took a second for me to wrap my head around, but once I did, it became my favorite part of the track. So for all this and a whole lot more, don't touch that dial. you heard Krista makes a podcast? Devin, how's it going? It's going good. How are you this
0: day? I'm bewildered that I'm here. Uh, I listened to all your episodes recently, and... uh, it's not lost to me that Huey Lewis in the News was on this, and I'm going to talk about a dumb song <laughs> on the same podcast. Well,
2: in all fairness, Huey Lewis in the News at some point had sold as many records as Devin K. and the Solutions. So, you know, That's one way and,
0: to look at it. Yeah. Okay. And
2: and, and that that is a truth. Okay? They sold and, 35 uh, records? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, let me tell uh, everyone out there listening a little bit about my friend Devin K. here. If you're not familiar with Devin K. and the Solutions, I met Devin. Gosh, going back at least 10 years, uh, Devin was playing a band called Direct Hit, who you guys were gaining, in, in my opinion, a lot of steam. You were putting a lot of tours behind you. You were working extremely hard. And from my eyes, and I know we talked about this recently, uh, and for those that don't know, Devin Kay and The Solutions uh, were recently out with Less Than Jake on the first half of our Welcome to Rockview summer tour. Uh, or actually, it was kind of like the last third of those shows. And then the second half of the tour, you did like the first half of it. And uh, Devin and I were out talking, and... Uh, talking about a lot of stuff. Like, we went out <laughs> to eat one day, and we just got really into it. Uh, just you know, very deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just going 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 back to the direct hit days, and, and you know, you kind of mentioned that. You know, around 2018, 2019, things started to kind of slow down for the band, and then of course the pandemic hit. And I was unaware that Devin Kay and the Solutions was a thing uh, <laughs> Most... prior to COVID. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that you had started the band and. From what you told me, what you gathered, you basically felt like, hey, I better, you know, have something to kind of fall back on if Direct Hit isn't going to move forward. And during the pandemic, uh, you worked tremendously hard to put this together.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I I, feel like I can't speak for Direct Hit and what they're up to, but it did feel like we were kind of hitting. I think the pandemic put a lot of things into perspective in a different way, and I think it, it affected everybody in that band and everything that was going on and and everyone was kind of pursuing their lives and I didn't have anything in my life to pursue. <laughs> so the only thing I, I knew how to do was was try again and, and make more music. And I directed still around, we're playing fest and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. I just wanted to put all my focus into something while I was locked up and inside and it ended up being the solutions because i don't know i guess i never really gave it a fair shake like you said a lot of people didn't know that we exist before the pandemic a lot of people still don't know that we exist uh just overall <laughs> but uh yeah but bef- we had a record uh called losing it we had an ep called never punt we did losing it at atlas studios uh never punt came out on johan's face records which if you listen to the smoking popes episode that was what their first record came out on i, I don't know it was they were good stuff it just wasn't I just started focusing on direct hit, and why not? Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> you know,
2: your lyrics, you as a person, you've always been very self deprecating. I think a lot of us <laughs> are that yeah, yeah. don't take ourselves that don't take ourselves too seriously. But there is a a breadth of talent within this band. Uh, I I loved the live show. You're not a new band, but you remind me of a new band. You're hungry. You're going out there, and I wanted to feature you on the show for a lot of reasons, but one of them was was the DIY approach. And you know, you left Direct Hit or or took a hiatus to to you know, oh, re- yeah, stuff yeah. still in, still in, right, but, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but to really focus on on the solutions and. It isn't just the connections you've got, you, you know, because we have plenty of friends. Less than Jake, we're not just going to take some band out if we don't, if you know, don't feel there's something there. We don't like them as people, etc. But you know, you guys are the epitome of DIY. You're doing everything. And when I started talking to you that day, we went out about the recording process and how you put this together because the track sounds awesome, and you pretty much piecemealed this thing together yes. in your different home studios yeah. and. That is so cool because you know when we first started heck when you first started recording music you know we didn't all have home studios it wasn't affordable okay yeah. you were going to pay 50 100 bucks an hour in some studio and and you had your fingers crossed that the engineer was going to get what your band was about
0: <laughs> Yeah I don't love the conventional studio approach because because of exactly what you just said it feels like a lot of like guessing and sniffing each other's butts and by the time you get the scent you've spent two grand and you don't have what you're looking for and there's no like it it doesn't feel like there's it's akin to like trial and error And, and when we use the word home studios we're being very generous like i have a 2015 macbook pro and whatever the the what are they called the di box whatever the di box is that everyone makes fun of on tiktok that's the one i have and i've we've recorded our past three records di no amps doing that and you can't tell most of the time unless you're like if you're really listening for it of course you can tell if you're snooping around but for the average listener no one's really fucking noticed or cared and that to me was like eye-opening because why bother i mean all these Rap artists, all these, like, people coming up uh, on social media and TikTok and shit are all just doing it on their MacBooks. And it's like, why can't we just do it on our MacBook? They have the right fucking idea. I should probably not age with, you know, the lack of grace. I should probably listen and, and look at what people are up to. And it's like.
2: You could do it yourself. It's so much easier. Yeah, you, you'd you be surprised what comes across the podcast emails that we get from bands. It's just like, yeah, I recorded this in my bedroom, my MacBook. It's like, what?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: unbelievable, but I, I love that it's kind of... Uh, you know, made it made it fair play for everybody. You know, everyone can kind of kind of have a chance. Back in the day, you had to have money to record, or you had to be really, really, really good to go in for an hour and record five songs or whatever. And we weren't that good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, your records are amazing. You know, I don't.
0: I, everyone does the thank you, and, and 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 I mean it too. Thanks for having me on this fucking show. This is so cool. Uh, and your music is super uh, inspiring to me. I don't know. We just we had to like piece it together. Otherwise, there wouldn't be anything. Like we had the grieving expectation came out before this new sky EP. And that was technically done the same exact way, but we had Mike Kennedy from the all American rejects mixing it. And once that record, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Didn't do great. We, <laughs> um, we were like, okay, um, well, we don't have the money for Mike now and we don't have the support from, from pure noise. So let's just fucking get, uh, somebody else who is also DIY. So we got, uh, Kelson, Biorski who is our keyboardist's brother and they did it for like no money and as you've said it sounds amazing it sounds like it's done in a fucking big studio and and it's just a bunch of Bedrooms and decent mics and and just kind of making it work.
2: (laughs) Now, I understand that the drums, though, those were recorded um, at Cave Recording. So that that was the only thing that was done in what I'd call a drum room.
0: Totally. And that's me fucking that up because that was the first time in, like, three records we've used real drums. We've triggered everything uh, due to financial constraints. So Grieving Expectation, like those drums parts are what R- Ryan played uh, our, our former drummer at the time, but we had to program it because we just couldn't get money to go into a room and we couldn't get it to sound right with our own stuff. So yes, we did do that at cave recordings, which is an amazing uh, place. And castle blasted through that stuff. Our, our uh, current drummer in like a fucking day. And it, It was weird, but you hear that difference. I think there's there's a humanity to it, and uh, Vinny, who mixed it or or recorded those drums from Burst and Bloom, did an amazing job.
2: No, I was again. I was really really impressed that you guys, you know, you all you all did this yourselves, and it it, it was DIY, and and it just you know, it it sounds great. The song's a lot of fun. There's a can't wait till we dive into this because there's so many different little pieces here that I'm hearing.
0: I just want to know why why did you choose this one? It's an inch. It's a very interesting interesting choice and i wanted when when you said it i was kind of like oh okay i just i but i wanted cuz i've been listening and you do so much work and you dive in and you have such great questions and stuff what well i just why this one it's so interesting cuz it's like probably the least performing
2: Song on on this record, you made a video for it, and I just was <laughs> I was going through your stuff. I, I yeah, told yeah, you because yeah. there was there was a couple things that I wanted to share with you some insight about the band because again I like yeah. you as a person, known you for a long time, and we just went out as as friends and talked. And so prior to meeting you that day, I was just kind of going through all your videos, and this oh, one awesome. came across. <laughs> which this uh, this is track four out of five on your new EP. And okay, I got to ask you about the title. It's called yes. Fine a Sky <laughs> EP, but but is this supposed to be fine? Yes, A ska it is. EP? It is. Okay, it's supposed to be like that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because we, we've been trying to like find our way into a scene or whatever. Uh, and we always felt like we would really mesh well with, with the ska scene. But it, uh, Grieving Expectations is a pretty weird record and isn't just a ska record. So I feel like people were still really cautious. And it was like we were, we were like up a, a creek without a paddle. We didn't have a label. We didn't have anything. We had tried to pitch... Grieving expectation, too bad time, and they're like, nah, not not ska enough. So we had this like chip on our shoulder too, because we were like, we could do that. Fuck that. <laughs> we could be the, we're the best, and we could write a great ska record, and uh, we did. And then sent the demos, which you got the demo of this song, um and we sent them to Bad Time, and we're like, here, fucking check this out, and they're like, yeah, that is good. We'll definitely put it out. And it was like, yeah, so fine, you got it. We did it, and it's good, and you're fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All the time i lost every single night. Oh yeah, getting up, feeling, I'm getting that I'm trying to get.
2: and i'll tell you what i what i liked about the demo was you know because you're doing this at home your ideas really didn't go further than the band so yeah. the the demo was pretty intact of what was there it's the same did file you, yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah. well i was going to say i was going to say did you did you take some parts you're like i don't we can't we're not going to re-record that 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 part sounds perfect i've done that with demos i've flown stuff into real recordings
0: um i think No, I think we re-recorded everything uh, from the demo, but honestly, it it, it wasn't like it was just to tighten everything up. It wasn't out of like not a lot, as you heard, like not a lot changed, added some parts and like overdubs and stuff. But no, it was really just to tighten it all up. But it also like I did it on like a Twitch stream one day. It's it's so it's so it was so uncasual how we went about recording it, and somehow it's turning out to be some of our strongest stuff so it's it's really weird normally we'd be very like precise and, and stuff
2: and this one just felt very relaxed and, and cool and yeah I've heard your other stuff I even asked you I said how much <laughs> editing went on with this how much tuning with it? because everything just sounds really good and you know, to back up, you know, you were kind of again the self deprecating thing. You know, why did you have me on your show? <laughs> you know, I I really love the band. Thank I, you. Lo- <laughs> I love it's so and cool. I love and no I I love this song. This song's really cool. And Thank if you. I could ever have a platform to help my friends out, you know, because. trying to explain this in in 30 seconds or less. And we talked about this a lot that day we went out. If you're in a touring band, you know, it is not cheap to get out there. Okay. It is not cheap to fill up the gas tank in that van is not cheap to go out there and do what you're doing night after night. And, there were some pretty long drives last last run. There's longer uh, we, we, ones know. coming
0: up, baby. <laughs> yes,
2: and 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 you guys are in a van going all night, pulling up, setting up yeah. your gear. So I, I I see the the hard work behind it, Thank and, you. and I love it, That's and it's, so cool. it's inspiring. And it's inspiring. But yeah, I, I saw this video, which the if, check out the video, everybody. It's hilarious. It's just basically Devin sitting where he is now exactly, looking yeah. uh, bored. Um, I did like how the video millennial was spelled wrong. There wasn't <laughs> yeah, two N's in it. We did talk about that, too. This is the place where we finally get to mention it. I haven't even
0: brought it up to the band. I've just been quietly waiting for someone to say something. And I, either, either they talked about it behind my back or or just didn't want to let, to bum me out or something but yeah it's spelled wrong it's spelled wrong everywhere <laughs>
2: I did notice though that it's spelled correctly on your Bandcamp page. Is this spelled correctly other places?
0: So we talked about that DIY thing and that can lead to sometimes <laughs> uh, a lot of less eyes getting on things. And uh, a lot of late nights remembering that you need to type in the word millennial to something. And gotcha. if it doesn't autocorrect, which it didn't, I guess it's a new enough word in some of them. Uh, and it just kind of went through. Everybody glanced at the video. Didn't notice it was missing something. I, I texted uh, Mike from Bad Time the the day I was like, "Hey, is that? Did we do that?" And it was just like, "Oh, we did that." And we just—no one said anything. We just kind of walked away. So here we broke the news: it's spelled wrong on Spotify and in the music video and in most of the promotional stuff. Well, if that's the
2: least of your—if that's the least of your problems, you're you're doing great. Yeah, spelling is for jerks. exactly the track is two minutes and 45 seconds right off the top there's what I'm calling a snare verb the snare hits with a yeah uh, an echo on it the drums bass and clean upstroke guitar come in trombone and trumpet uh trumpets panned off slightly left the bones a little more on the right the organ is panned slight right this goes on for 16 bars halfway through the intro we get a full band stop. And that first stop is really indicative of the whole song. That stop happens a lot. It's kind of like a theme within this tune.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Honestly, it's a really easy device to get to the next part of the song, because then you have a second to just change it. (laughs) And so uh, that was kind of the, the original idea. It's also like directly ripping off a Planet Smashers vibe. I wanted to do the Planet Smashers have great slow songs i think that they never really get credit for uh which i were american giants so on and so forth uh, that are very moody and i wanted and th- i wanted to emulate that with that part too <laughs>
2: On this first stop halfway through Devin, um we get some guitar string noise, to panned off left. <laughs> now, when you're mixing stuff, that's a hard mute. You could just mute that out. Any mixer could do that. You could have done that in editing. You could have muted the noise out. I like the noise. Yeah, I like that it's there. It's breathing. It feels it feels real. I wish that Kelson could be here because
0: they're such a, a they have such a great ear for that stuff. And Joram our keyboardist also edited it before it went to And so both of them, joint brain, were like, nah, keep the noise. I I think we really wanted to focus on this being a, we wanted to be a guitar band again. I think a Grieving Expectation, we were really a keyboard and bass kind of a band, which was sick. Uh, But I don't know, you know, we change every record, who who gives a shit? So we went back to being kind of like real punch you in the face, Andrew W.K., Hives-level guitars in the front, and I, I think... That means they're noisy. They have to make noise.
2: <laughs> I'm hearing <laughs> like, the amp noise, but so I guess that what I was going to ask—that was co- a conscious decision, uh, essentially.
0: I I can't say yes or no. That would be a Kelson question, um, but yeah. I'm going to assume, with how precise dude is, that yes, uh, that was in there because okay. there's a lot of stuff, and I, I I can't wait to hear what else you have that. Was added, which I've heard a lot of people you've interviewed be like, well, you know, as the songwriter, I wish I knew more about the mixing kind of things because it's like, yeah,
2: <laughs> I feel you on that. That's happened uh, with me with our songs. I'll get a mix and be like, what, what happened here, you know? And you sometimes get, you don't, you don't know the exact uh, chronological order of operations. Uh, my my mix notes are like some of the most embarrassing shit. I feel like
0: I'm so, like I'm just like sounds great. I've said like sounds great, and they're like I didn't change anything. I'm like cool, sounds great. Like I I don't know. I don't have the brain to to think about that stuff. And it's it's really why you have to put all of your trust and money into mixing. It's like the one one takeaway I've had with DIY uh, is everything can be fixed in mixing. You just got to get someone who knows how to do it. All right, that's my... That, well,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, a bad song's a bad song. But if you have a halfway decent song and some of the tones are there, yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: a good riff can sound great in a bad
2: song kind of a thing you know and save that recording i I feel sure well halfway through we get another eight bars the band continues on (laughs) there's like a latin feel with this trumpet Okay, the way that, yeah, there's there's something very. uh, I'm going to use the term uh, again, Latin. I don't know how else to to really describe it. Island feel, like it's it's. uh, I'm loving. Was that conscious? Uh, Yeah, that
0: is. I I love to talk about. That's our trumpet player Ian, who is a very unique. Style. He's like, he underblows or whatever it's called. Again, I, I, ugh, there's so much more talent than me, Chris. I'm the least talented member of this group. And he, he plays by down blowing down uh, where I guess it's normally forward. And it creates that. I almost like like early Aquabats kind of mariachi. Well, it
2: almost sounds like a mute. You ever seen those mutes on, on trumpets?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if, I think we did the mute in the solo, Uh, Yeah, if if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it was on during the whole process, because the horns actually recorded by themselves. This is the first time we did that, too. I wasn't there. It was just at our bass player's house in his studio. And we just wanted to let them breathe and be, because there's also a saxophone mixed in there, too. That's our Brian, our sax player. And like... That was the first time they ever got to play as a team, Uh, so it was like, let's right. let them handle it, and and they came up with all this good-ass shit. I can't even take credit for it. That horn line was in the demo. I technically wrote that, but they gave it character and, and life, and it's barely recognizable because it, 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 of how much they put into it. Yeah, but that's
2: Ian, yeah, his, his play style. Yeah, the, the horns sound great there, and then... Uh, Right at the end of the intro, the band stops again, and we get that snare verb hit that's at the very beginning that uh, comes back in again and leads us into verse one.
1: I think I stared at the screen again. I can't remember because the
0: time tends to blend. Pixel images flashed onto my eyes and repeating
3: patterns I internalize.
2: I think I stared at the screen again. I can't remember because the time tends to blend pixel images splashed onto my eyes and repeating patterns. I internalize. Yeah. It's happening there.
0: Oh, that was so cool. Cause I've been listening to it and I've wanted you to do that to our lyrics the whole time. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's staring at my phone. I, I went through a whole thing where I was just fucking on my phone for days. I, uh, and you are when you, the DIY thing, we do all our own social media, I'm always editing video for stupid posts everywhere we go. Um, And I just was staring at my phone. And I feel like I've cringed at everyone who's written a song about staring at their phone. But then it just, I don't know, it just made sense. The whole thing, time goes away, you look up, it's nighttime, you're sitting next to the person you love, and you have wasted hours of your life looking at nothing. And, you know, it's just a repeating scroll over and over again and it hits your brain and then your brain feels good and then you scroll again and that's just what that is
2: i've talked about on this show before um believing a vocal or believing a lyric you know sometimes you hear stuff and it's like oh that was just contrived that was just something somebody made up but I don't know man just the way you deliver this vocal it's just like it's even if i didn't know you it's believable okay yeah you were staring at the screen it it just it it sounds real which uh, that's what it was i got a question about the last line here pixel images splashed onto my eyes it's an interesting lyric it wasn't into my eyes onto my eyes
0: uh yeah you know like when you you stare at screens all day and then you shut your eyes and it's like in your brain that's kind of what i was thinking about when i because it's like you sit in your bed and they always say like don't scroll on your phone in bed it's like well fucking don't make my phone so entertaining and (laughs) (laughs) like uh, you you lose uh so i'm looking at my phone and yeah you shut your eyes and you try to go to sleep and you got that that blue burn and uh, you lie to yourself and get lenses for seventy dollars more that say that they're not going to burn your eyes. With the, it's a lie; it doesn't work, but you do it anyway. And yeah, that's that's okay. what that is. It's I stare at screens a lot. I love staring at screens, but it's bad for you and it makes you crazy.
2: There's also that particular line; it's very jumbled. OK. And I almost thought, well, he could have said picture images splashed in my eyes, but it's like it's like kind of jarring. But I also feel that that gives this character. It feels like somebody's kind of tripping over their words. Like I'm just stuck in this uh, circular, you know, thing with my with staring at my screen on my phone.
0: Yeah. Uh. Cool. Yeah. I, that You nailed it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I love a lot of words. Uh, musical theater bullshit uh, background. Love it. Love I don't know. I love character and delivery and 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 stuff. Uh, So I I mean, as early as Oingo Boingo, you know, all that. Just you, you kind of hear the vocals are are their own performance too, kind of a thing, opposed to the just what drives the melody. Because yeah, yeah. And,
2: and Danny Elfman was a genius with that, oh, absolutely, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've seen bands um, cite them as influences. Skank and Pickle uh, comes to mind, yeah. um, and and we're gonna get to Oingo Boingo in a second. I think you know where it's coming. But, <laughs> oh, uh, oh no!
0: <laughs> right on
2: the right on the third line, pixel images splashed uh, onto my eyes. On that line, the organ comes in. Prior to that, it's drums and bass only yeah. for the first two lines. Sounds like double vocals here. Did you double the the lead?
0: I don't know. So we definitely, the way we record vocals is we'll do a bunch of takes and then comp it, especially with this one. We tried to do like very little auto tune and editing, not because I don't like it. I, I love auto tune. I think it's a fun tool. I just think that we wanted to, again, try and get back to like rock punk in a, in a, in a album. We were making a genre record, so we kind of wanted it to sound like that genre essentially. So, uh, That was off topic. I'm sorry. I I get a little tangential. No, I don't think we uh, did them. We did record what could be used as doubles, but I generally hate doubles. But then I get back to the mixing notes thing where I'm like, it sounds great. So there's very, there's a good chance Kelson added them there. Uh, But normally I don't.
2: I have another question that's just been kind of perplexing me. When you have as many cooks in the kitchen as you do with, with a band like yours, meaning everyone's recording in their home studios you're trusting like you just mentioned your horn players they recorded separately yeah. you're trusting each one to get proper levels make sure that the track's not clipping I mean <laughs> they, uh, let me tell you I talk to like like mixers that mix for like the superstars and these guys are like you'd be surprised the tracks that I get back stuff peaking stuff just all over the place So you, I guess what I'm saying is you have to you know trust your band members to deliver something that's gonna gonna sound good has there ever, ever been an issue with doing it that way?
0: No, honestly, I always make the joke we're the best bear in the world, but I mean it. Like they are all so talented <laughs> and so reserved and so understanding awesome. of the goal. I mean the the calling it Devin Kane the Solutions is just because it sounds cool to me. I, I'm not I you know, obviously if everybody quit I'd try and keep going or something. But it, it, they are the band. They are, like... They help a lot. They they helped write a lot of these songs uh, on this EP. So it is more of a band than I think people outside looking in would think. But, yeah, it's just... I want to be the lead clown.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and I didn't realize how much of a band it was till we sat down that day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd seen you i had seen the band play, but even your your promo picture is is a is a take of uh, Huey Lewis in the news with sports, <laughs> you're yeah. standing at the bar like on the front <laughs> cover, which that's kind of how you explained to me. You're like, "No, the solutions like they're part of this. They 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 can't be replaced. They're my band, you know. I'm just kind of like the the face. The Huey Lewis yeah. and, and I really like that." I
0: mean, and he had like the hottest band and they all had names for themselves i don't remember them right now <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like they were their own and and all of the all the members of this band have their own things They all have their own bands that are fucking really great and they all have their own projects and it's just lucky that we all like uh hanging out playing together and and making cool. a little bit of money <laughs> so it's it's been sick
1: well, fine, it's a little one way where
3: Hey, everybody, we got to take a real quick break for a few words from our sponsors, but we'll be right back with lots more with Devin Kay.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lop actually a lot. So sign up now at
3: chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Hey, it's Chris DeMakes, a podcast producer, Chris Fafalius. Will you do me a favor real quick? Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to One Hit Thunder. It's the show that I host with my good buddy, Matt Kelly, where we have guests from the world of music and comedy and art, and together, we dive deep into a band or artist that people consider a one-hit wonder and decide if they brought the thunder or were just a blunder. You'll laugh, you'll learn, maybe you'll get mad at us, who knows? We have an enormous back catalog that includes episodes about Eagle Eye Cherry, Stacey Q, Looking Glass, The Weather Girls, Tag Team, Four Non Blondes, Martika, 6 Sixpence None the Richer. I could go on and on. But how about you just subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods and experience the fun for yourself? You
1: sure you know,
3: well. And now, back to the
2: show. There's a big guitar swell that's panned off to the right on the word internalize in verse one that leads us right in to pre-chorus one, and I love <laughs> what goes on here. This might be the coolest part in the song. What I love about it is it couldn't be any different from the verse, and it couldn't be any different from the chorus. I just love where this part sits. I internalize The lyric is, it's hard to think about all the time I've lost every single night. It's hard to think about. Da, da, <laughs> Halloween, da, 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 this the, is Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> well, the, 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 band, the band is very staccato. There's multiple voices going on here. Uh, drums, bass, and stereo guitars. And this is where I had written. Oh, there's horns here as well. I don't hear the organ uh, in this section, but this part vocally reminds me very much of Oingo Boingo or Fishbone.
0: Yeah. I, uh, we were, we were definitely going for ripping off. This is Halloween.
1: It was, it
0: was, it was like, it started as a joke. Cause I just, when I was writing out the skeleton of the song, I was like, I'm just going to go minor. That sounds cool. And then just, that gets us to the chorus kind of a thing. And then we just jazzed it up and made it. And then someone went, hey, that kind of sounds like this is Halloween. So it's like, well, let's fucking reference it because there's only 12 notes. And it, it, I think it sounds cool.
2: <laughs> I love it. And when the, when the two chords are going back and forth, and I don't have my guitar on me. I, I went I went through this a bunch. But when the two chords are going back and forth, before we get into chorus one, uh, I love how it picks up with the, with the note of... It goes back to the one, basically, and it's just such a oh, cool yeah. thing how the chorus starts on that. What's happening here lyrically? It's hard to think about all the time I've lost every single night. Basically, what I guess what you just said. It's seven hours later. You're next to your significant other, going, uh "I haven't done anything."
0: Yeah, that's that's it. It's so funny. This one is so. I always try to write like complicated bullshit and like stuff that I think is like poetic, and this one is literally me farting out how much I'm so pissed at myself for just being on my phone so much, but also pissed at my myself for fucking loving it like it just feels so nice it tickles some part of your weird little human brain and it, it's it's very frustrating
2: <laughs> something else about this track reminds me not a specific part but just the overall vibe and I think it has to do with the Chicago thing but I'm hearing blue meanies in here too
0: Ooh, uh I'm not crazy well versed in their catalog but I obviously interested. yeah but I know that they're But I like them. Like, Smash the Magnavox is, like, one of the coolest fucking ripper ripper tunes. I'm actually really bad on, like, classic Chicago bands. uh, Because I got to Chicago kind of later when a lot of them had, like, Jump Ship. I'm also, like... I don't like classic rock, so I'm not going to – I have this, like, theory. I'm like, I just want to listen to what's happening, like, right now kind of a thing. So I don't go back as much as I should, but then I've gone back. I Who was the one I just – I just listened to Slapstick for the first time in the van on the tour that we were just on. Wow. And I, that's was, interesting. I was like, well, okay. there's fucking rules. I should have listened to this sooner. Uh, I get why people like it. But, yeah, it's weird. When it's summer in your backyard, I think sometimes you resent it because you hear about it all the time. And you're like, oh, my God, are we going to hear about – Slapstick again at a Chicago show, and it's like, well, no, there's a reason we
2: still hear about it, because it's fucking good, dummy. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, 45 seconds in, we hit chorus one. Oh, yeah, I'm
1: getting this feeling. I'm drowning in open air. Oh, yeah, thinking about air.
2: I am getting this feeling. I'm drowning in open air. I am thinking about giving in. This is a single chorus. What, what's going on?
0: Uh, lyrically, it's kind of the response to like when you work really hard on something and it gets buried by the algorithm and it, and you're watching like everyone around you get a million likes and you start judging yourself. It's very suffocating and, and weird and strange and uh, uh, I, just a very unique thing of that seems to be amplified by each gener- generation. So like. I feel like what I'm feeling about that anxiety, the generation below me is probably feeling it way fucking worse. And it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just this like chokehold because you have to rely on social media so much, especially as like before the pandemic. This band didn't like do a bunch of tours. We just kept fucking putting stuff on the internet and watching stuff fail and stuff work. And I don't know if anything's really worked. We're just more people are checking it out <laughs> so
2: now yeah. something's working you know we, we got a lot of we got a lot of great mail uh, uh through less than jake about you oh, guys that's cool. uh, having the band out but
0: your fans
2: are the nicest fucking
0: fans i've gone on to like message boards i've been a part of of, of some of the like there's a ltj vinyl discography because i found a weird old record of yours that i wasn't sure where it was printed. i asked a bunch of questions uh your fans are fucking cool uh yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: th- thanks for saying that. And I I agree we've had a we've had more bands than I can count uh, echo your sentiments. Yeah. They just said that that it's a, it's a great crowd to play in front of. Uh, chorus one's great. It's a single chorus. Um after the I am, you get an I am call and response uh that's really cool. Second line I am, we get a harmony on am and we get a harmony on giving in. I'm also hearing these choruses doubled. Okay. I think that yeah. was uh in the mixing that that happened. Drums bass. Guitars, horns, and organ are all in here. This chorus is the poppiest part of the song. For some reason, it doesn't sound anything like Blink, but it reminds me of something around Enema of the State that they would like Hoppus would have sang. It's like a Hoppus song, yeah. and um, I I love how different this chorus. I mentioned a little bit ago how much different this is coming off of that pre-chorus. The horns, organ, drums, bass, stereo guitars, everything is rocking here, and uh, there is also talking about those stops there's guitar noise panned off right at the top of the chorus after the stop out of the pre-chorus so we are getting those those little happy accidents left in they weren't (laughs) muted they they weren't taken out right out of chorus one we're in an eight bar re-intro when the stop happens here there's no noise at all it sounds like a clean edit here or you guys were just really really quiet uh, individually (laughs) on your parts and we get that verb snare into verse two was that verb snare talked about a lot as being kind of like a hook within the song or is it or is that something you didn't think about and was that verb snare treated like that or was it treated like that in the mix oh
0: wow uh it was definitely it was conscious when i was setting up the song i just wanted to have there's a real big fish song i think it's like rocket with eye or something where it's like they do kind of a dubby kind of a feel i think i was thinking about uh during that I want you to rock it with
2: I. I want you to rock it with I. I want you to rock it with I. I want you to rock it with
0: ice. And also, I thought it just being silent would be weird, so why not celebrate the ska thing and put the Verby dub snare in there? And I think when we recorded it, we recorded it pretty dry and had Kelson add it, uh, the verb later. Because I in the in the mix process, I think one of the only things I asked for was like, and I probably typed it just like this, like a jackass, was like more dubby snare, man. Like I don't know, <laughs> I have the worst yeah. notes; they're terrible. Uh,
2: <laughs> so you got your dubby snare; it definitely <laughs> uh, definitely comes across. And then we're into verse two.
0: I have a headache and my neck hurts as well. I feel I've given nothing to the god in the screen. I'm not feeling worthy for the love of a machine.
1: It's hard.
2: I love what happens in verse 2 because your delivery is is different than verse 1. The hi-hat and bass are the only thing in on this verse until a snare hit brings the drum bass and stereo lead guitars that follow the bass. I love on that last line that the guitars come in and basically are mimicking the bass there. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah.
0: Thanks. I don't know. I, with the whole fine a sky EP, we wanted to touch like every corner. So all of the songs started with like names of other bands that we were like kind of calling to. And this one was the plant smasher one, uh, which has a fallout boy chorus, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> it was like kind of what we were ripping off. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we couldn't have done it without putting something like this in here. And we've never really done that as a band where it's just just bass, essentially. We've never we're, we're just we have never really stripped it down that hard. And so I think lifting it before it lifts again was like just a cool move. I don't know. <laughs> well, and a
2: lot of times and I've and I've talked about this. I can't remember what song or songs it was, but I've talked about it. a lot of times the song. It'll be stripped down the first verse. Yeah, Yeah. That'll be where the hi-hat and the bass are. The second verse, it'll be bass with the drums, but it's flipped here. You get the drums in on the first verse. It's kind of broke down in the second verse, but I think it's really neat. Yeah,
0: I I never thought of it that way. You're really good at that. You're really good at making me think about songs different, so thanks. Well, no,
2: (laughs) there's no wrong or right, but a lot of times you're like, oh, we'll save the drums, it'll it'll get heavier for verse two, and this is the exact opposite, but it's really great. Yeah, I
0: think it puts it in a really raw place because it I am essentially it's complaining about something really stupid it's complaining about something that's very easily fixed you put your phone down and you walk away from it <laughs> and yet here I am like making this fucking like oh my god like what a tortured life I lead because I look at TikTok videos all day it's yeah.
2: it's uh, the human race's biggest addiction I was in the airport like two days ago and I'm, I'm staring at just everybody I put my actually put my phone on for a second I'm like nobody even reads newspapers or magazines anymore everyone's staring at their phone there's it's just so like much stuff on there chris it's great <laughs> it is it's great and it's absolutely awful at the same time <laughs> yep. because you wrote you, you wrote a song about it uh the lyric and the, the lyric in verse two i think i learned something i can't even tell i have a headache and my neck hurts as well i feel i've given nothing to the god in the screen i'm not feeling worthy for the love of <laughs> of a machine on the first line even tell we get a call and response vocal that starts off left but pans right i love the effect that happens there second line hurts as well same uh, same effect starts off left then comes back right Then on that third line we get that snare hit that i was talking about that brings the drums back in also on the third line we get these ooze these vocals that come in—they're pan both left and right. The ooze come in there, kind of haunting, just where they kind of sit in the mix. And was that in the original demo? I can't recall. Mm,
0: I don't think so. The little like wraparound—that's all, Kelson. That was one of those things that when we got the mix back, all of us were like, "Oh fuck!" Like that—that that fucking rules. I, uh, and like. By this time, we all the songs were sequenced in order, uh, and maybe not all at once. I don't, I can't remember. Oftentimes, we send stuff out as we're working on it because everything we do comes out really fast because we don't know how to work any other way. Um, and we had the deadline. We wanted to get it on vinyl before we went on tour with you, uh, and luckily we were able to do that. So essentially, Kelson's working down this list, and a couple of the mixes come through, and we're like, really play, like really have fun, like do what you would want to do in a a record like this, being a fan of this genre of music. And by the time this one came, stuff like that was all over the place. And it really made uh, the song fucking great. So good job to Kelson. And then there was the other thing you asked uh, about. What was it? Oh shit. The ooze. Ooze. Yes. Those were done on uh, what I call like idiot day, uh, where everything will be done. And then I'll take what I have and go to the practice space with like an SM 58 and like a guitar and a DI box, and I'll just add whatever it comes to my brain. Uh, and if it sticks, then we keep it. If it's garbage, they cut it, and I don't ask any questions. And that those ooze were one of those. It just felt like... I love vocals. it's like my favorite thing. It just felt like it needed something to fill the space and it 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 added a haunting effect, which i didn't intend which
2: is cool <laughs> it does and, and and again i'm 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 going to talk about what's going on here in terms of it's not perfectly tight that's not what you're going for but this this track is not out of tune there's a lot of stuff that <sighs> How do, how do I say this? You almost have an indie rock thing about you, too. I don't know if that makes sense or not. There's this, you know, non-polished thing that, again, when I heard this track, I was really surprised at how tight and how everything, everything sounded. And and it wasn't like I, I pictured it to be out of tune and all over the place. But this is one of the tightest productions I've heard from you.
0: That's fucking awesome. Uh, again, Kelson, give it up for Kelson. Give it up for Joram editing it. Give it up for us recording it. <laughs> And producing it ourselves. I don't know. It's it's just really weird. It was it came together quick. It came together pretty seamlessly. We had done an entire record this way before, and I think we learned a lot. And we just kind of all the stuff that we were worried about before, we just got over worrying about. Like that's how you know we were just able to let the band record it themselves. That they're gonna know what to do. And if they don't, then we cut it out and no one gets offended. And that's kind of the mentality. You can always try, you know, and if it sucks, we'll just, we'll
2: just cut it. No one's going to die. It'll be great. Well, pre-chorus too. Uh, It's the same staccato instrumentation with the big stereo guitars, the drums and the bass uh, and the vocal. It's hard to think about how I do this shit. Every single night. And it's a lyric change from pre chorus one. And also, I noticed something in the credits for this song I wanted to talk about. Is Mike <laughs> Sosinski the bad guy voice in this part? And if so, who's Mike Sosinski? No,
0: uh, so, Mike uh, plays the bad guy on our song Pump Fake. Uh, I think that. Okay. I think we just copied and pasted it into the credits uh, of it. Gotcha. Okay. But, so,
2: Mike, Mike, Mike wasn't nah, on this. No, no, he, okay. he, he
0: didn't make the cut on this one. We, we, we were like, no, we're going to be the bad guys. That was like, we sang that. Like with our hands linked, like we were doing like a Monty Python like theater like thing, like the do this shit every like we we did it one. Oh take. man, and, then, and
2: <laughs> God, the, the, this is so Monty Python. Now that you just hit me over the head with that, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's yeah. that theater shit. And then and, and we we had done it one way where we just sang it, kind of the gang vocals like the demo. And then I think it just was like we were drinking a beer and it was a goof. And then it was like, no, like, fuck that. The goofs are usually like we held a lot of the goofs back out of our last record. Like and we kind of felt like at times it was flat. So why not put the goofs in? We're a goofy group of people, and I think it. I think it paid off. I think it doesn't come across as goofy when you hear it. But <laughs> no, I might be. I might be wrong. <laughs> no, I
2: don't. I don't think so. It comes across to me as is anthemic. It's it's just really fun. This pre-chorus is really really fun, and just Hell yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of like a party. Uh, we get the noise panned off right at the stop here, which is this is like the probably the fourth or fifth uh, stop in the song, kind of a running theme, uh, as I mentioned at the top. We're into chorus two. This is a double chorus as opposed to chorus one. We get the same instrumentation basically here. Oh, yeah. The first line, uh, I am getting this feeling. I'm drowning in open air. I am thinking about giving in. We get the harmony on getting this feeling. I'm drowning in open air. We get the harmony on I am and giving in. And then we get a clean stop halfway through chorus two to pick up on the back half. And this is a new lyric. You really growl this I am. <laughs> it's really guttural. Uh, I am getting this feeling. There is no way out of here. I am thinking about giving in. So the last line is the same. Talk to me about that. Did you uh, think that that last line just needed to be said again, or you know, considering the the the, the lyric, "I am getting this feeling," uh, there is no way out of here. That was a new lyric, but you wanted to keep the last uh, last line the same.
0: Uh, I just think that changing the chorus lyrics, and you talk about this a lot on your show with other people, uh, changing yeah. the chorus lyrics to me, I love. When people do that, every time I hear someone do that on here, I feel so validated. I don't I don't know. I think it I think the chorus <laughs> is the most repeated part of the song and it gets fucking blasted into your brain that it's nice to sing the same thing a different way. And sometimes when you sing it a different way, it, it just that's the money part, you know, like that's the part that you almost sing more. You sing it over the other part and then you're like, oh, fuck, I got to wait, like kind of a thing. And that's that's what that really felt like. It's the same sentiment. It's the same. Like oh my god, I'm so tired of like posting stuff on the internet and getting nothing and and being a fucking feeling like a loser and all this shit. But yeah, and then the shift in like the the stop is a little bit more dramatic. That was just kind of trying to show off, I think. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. I, I think it it's also like relying K or Fall Out Boy esque was what we were kind of going for. Everything on this record is so ska that we are still kind of a pop punk band, and it was like, well, this chorus is. Got it. It's like super. Let's pop punk it up. There's still a bunch of shit ska, not shit ska, shit ton of ska over it. So, yeah, maybe some shit ska. I don't fucking care.
2: Some shit ska. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also sounds like on this back half here, of course, too, Devin, that sounds like more voices join the party on these last couple lines. It seems like it just get gets bigger vocally. Oh
0: yeah, uh, I was I was I've been wanting to like bring this up. There's that little like eh, in the background. Yeah. We call that we had like a dumb name for it. We call it like stump backing. Uh, it's like Patrick Stump. It's just like the yeah, 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 like he does all that shit, and I fucking love it. I, I I make fun of it only because I'm fucking jealous. And uh he <laughs> and we were like this part like i wanted to sing the main vocal that way so it was joram was uh, engineering it i was i was in her bedroom with like a it, it screaming into the closet and i was like i want to sing it that way i wanted to be like Ah oh, yeah i'm getting this yeah. oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just it didn't feel right so she's like why well, don't just like put it in the back and I was like we're just gonna stump back that and so we did and it actually ended up sounding really cool but it is just me going eh! that's it <laughs> and it,
2: wow and yeah. i i wouldn't have known that it just gets it just gets fuller there i really like it and then we get into the bridge and this section is just so cool it drops a half step to F minor and goes back and forth with the E minor there okay that drop in that half step is so peculiar but it's so cool it's such a great part reminds me of I don't know if you were into these bands but it reminds me of Mr. Bungle or Faith No More (laughs) around Angel Dust do you hear that at all this part
0: (laughs) now that you mention it kind of which is so funny I I make fun of Mr. Bungle a lot for that and I feel like it's coming around like to bite me in the
2: ass yeah no you keep talking, you okay. keep talking about how this is, is your ska EP and this is a ska song. This song, to me, doesn't really even get ska. Yeah, the horns at the top, whatever, but it, until the end, the last chorus, when that pickup, that that clean, you know, ska guitar, I'll call it, comes yeah. in, which we'll get to in a little bit, but this part, just like I said, <laughs> Mr. Bungle, kind of something off Angel Dust, one of the first couple <laughs> songs off that record, is just kind of quirky and weird. That's <laughs> so funny, I love it. Yeah. We get drums, bass, and upstroke guitar, Uh, trumpet panned off left. It sounds like the bone and the sax are maybe more right. The organ is panned off right. And there's also some new uh, single-note organ stuff, it sounds like, happening off to the right.
0: Yeah. Joram is an incredible uh, keyboardist. And I think right when we started working on this, she got her... uh, the Nord? Is that the one that everyone loves? That's, yeah, I think she had and was just dialing it in on the Nord if I'm not mistaken. And so we were just excited. We were really when we were, when her and I were working on some of the songs together, we were really looking up, like, YouTube piano, uh, Scott, like, how to play Scott. We were watching videos of Esteban from uh, Catbite and Matamoska, and we were just like, we should we should pay tribute to Scott, do the organ stuff right, and then that was kind of how that came from. So I think there's a lot of doubling of the organ in that part. And then she put this haunted house, Part over the trumpet solo and it just
2: sounds fucking cool. <laughs> it is awesome. This is also the part, Devin, I was referring to uh, at least the, the first six bars here with the trumpet. It almost sounds like he has the mute on and for those listening and don't know what I'm talking about, there's a, uh, basically it's like a, usually it's black. It's like a black uh, about the size of a baseball but it's it, it's not, how would you even describe it? It's almost shaped. Like a toilet plunger. Like a, t- yeah, 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 like a plunger that, 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 you, that you put in your horn and it gives it this sound. Was that used there or an effect or is that how he blows because you mentioned he has a unique way to blow into uh the trumpet oh uh, i think
0: and it was again because they were alone i'm pretty sure we had discussed using a mute on it uh because we've used mute before on it because it sounds killer it's, it sounds great i love it uh ian killed it uh, i don't know he's uh Good. He's good. <laughs> He's a good boy. But I'm pretty sure it was a mute. I'm pretty sure.
2: Well, everything we were talking about, the horns, the organ, this goes on for six bars here in the bridge. On bars eight through ten, the big stereo guitars come in, mimicking the pre-chorus from earlier, but we're in a different key. Yeah. The big band stop here before the modulation happens. There is some noise panned off right. We get another stop. There's some noise over there. We get in to chorus three. As chorus 2 here and if there was a spot to change it up and again did you did you think about changing it up here, or you wanted to keep it the same?
0: There was a lot happening there already. Like we punched him in the face with the a Halloween part, and then we stop yeah. and we do this big key change, which I'm not even sure how many steps it is either. Which way we it just was the, when I'm writing it it sounded cool.
2: Yeah, you went you went down like five half steps. It's <laughs> the it's it's bizarre.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of sometimes I like when I'm writing a song to just put my hand somewhere else if just. Like shut my
2: eyes and try it, and then I it, sometimes it works. I got a level with you. The first time I heard it, I'm like ooh, and the second time I heard it, it was like ah, uh? the third time it was like. That's really interesting. And the fourth time it's like it's it's cool, man. It's it's quirky, it's different, but I really like it. I think it's awesome.
0: It's really weird to end the song and then start the song again. Your brain has like it just it fucks it up. It sounds like we slow it down just because it's such a drastic change, like sonically. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, it fucked with us a lot when it's it still fucks with us when we when we tried and play it, uh, which we're eventually going to add it to the set. It's a hard one to sing, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's great. The uh, Halfway through, we get that stop again with some amp noise that happens there. On the third line, I am getting this feeling there's no way out of here. There's a cool, higher voice that comes in on that line.
0: That's Joram. Uh, she. This is the first time she's been singing along with me. I, a lot of it was either our old drummer, Ryan, or me harmonizing myself, which I lazily do on the demo, but it was just kind of like everything else. It was like, why would I do it myself? I'm just gonna let her, her do it, and and she comes up with with great stuff, and it, it's, it's really nice because that's what we sound like live now, which was kind of the backwards way we used to write, and then record and then be like well what's the live version going to be like let's make it different now this one was like yeah. let's play the damn fucking songs and it seems like it worked
2: <laughs> i love the, the harmony there uh yeah this this big modulation and uh goes to e flat here which this whole part again it took me a second to digest it but once i did i think it's really cool halfway through Devin, these guitars come in it's like but it almost sounds like they're going out of tune it's like it, it's like everything's going off the rails for a second then it gets pulled back in
0: I love that effect. We use that a bit. It's like a like the record slowdown effect. So like yeah, yeah. We, we we basically like slow down. That's the, the biggest digital effect on it. Is that we we would just play it, let it ring, and then I would slide down on guitar a little bit, and the bass would slide down. But then we amped it up to eleven with using this little. Tool that slows it down, then it just kind of—I don't know—it gives it a real big pickup, and it was like, how do you get another fucking big pickup after we just did the last big pickup, and that was what felt right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I will tell you, it to me, it's unconventional and it's a bit jarring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, in a, it, In a cool way. Now that I've, I said it a second ago, now that I've digested it, but the first time I heard like, what is going on here? It's like, are they deliberately trying to do a train wreck? Which I think you were, but it it, it doesn't come off as, uh, as a four letter word train wreck. It comes off as a cool train wreck. I love that. The outro of the song is basically the intro, but now the big stereo guitars are in. Yeah. It's not the upstrokes here. It's so cool. It's an eight-bar outro in the new key, and it ends... On what, what I'm calling, you may have heard me say this on the show before, it ends on the suspense note, which is the B-flat here. It doesn't resolve to E-flat. I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. I love that it kind of... I call it the cliffhanger. You're like, okay. Yeah, Motion
0: City soundtrack does that a lot, and I I, I love that uh, a lot. I mean, a lot of Ben yeah. Blink does that a lot, actually, that I think mm-hmm. about it. I was noticing that the other day. Uh, Yeah, it's, it sound, it's, I don't, it's like a trick. It's like a parlor trick. Music is just little tricks that you learn, and... Uh, most of the, like, fancy stuff, nobody notices. You could play, you could be, like, the best classical guitar player, and until you do that, like, no one gives a fuck. It's so funny. Yeah, it's always the simplest That You were talking about a uh, whatever that you couldn't... I don't know what the name for it is either when you hit the... The high strings and it does that really high squeal that makes everybody go like that's the coolest shit I've ever heard and it's like you're, you're not even playing a note you're like yeah 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 you don't even have to play guitar as long as you know how to do that people think you're cool oh yeah noise is so much cooler than notes <laughs>
2: Well, listen. Uh, a couple things. Thanks for sitting in and and combing through your song. To everybody listening, go check out Devin K uh, and the Solutions. One of the hardest working bands out there right now. Uh, this track. Don't want to sound like uh, I, I don't like your other stuff or didn't like the other material. You had, but there's something about there's something about this one that, that I really gravitated towards. I know that's kind of surprising to you. I think the video's no. hysterical. I really, really like the song. It's quirky. Um, for what it's worth, I was mowing my yard today and i couldn't get the chorus out of my Hell head yeah. over and over and over again over the noise of the motor it was uh, was pretty cool but uh, again thank you so much I totally dig the song. I think it's I think it's original. I love your, your DIY ethic. I like how you all recorded this in separate places. It's it's uh it's really cool. You you have a lot of trust in your bandmates and they all they all delivered solid tracks. You should be be really proud. And uh what do you got for the listeners? What would you like to leave everybody? What's coming up with Devin, K and the solutions going forward?
0: Uh well, I didn't say Jacob or Castle's name in the podcast, and I want to make sure that I did. They are also in the band and wonderful and, <laughs> and lend their talents to every song and jake uh there's a lot of us uh but what have i up to i we well we finished the best tour in the world with you that was super successful we made a bunch of money and then uh we've got fest we've got more tours that we're announcing soon i think we're trying to uh get people to hear our tunes now so you know you were you were like oh i not This one song stood out to you. Well, there's something for everybody. So go check it out. We're a very diverse band. I'm on Twitch. Uh, I'm really good at that. It's really fun. Very entertaining. Watch it if you like video games, Pokemon cards, nerd shit. It's all about all that. Uh, We have a great YouTube channel. Uh, That's it. We're the best. Please listen to us.
2: (laughs) You are the best. Check out their new EP. It's called Fine, a Ska EP. And uh, catch you down the road, my friend.
0: Yes, thank you. Keep it sleazy.
1: <laughs> Feels like the start of a good time be so sad a glass out full of shit. Did I do that bit? Oh, fuck, that's sad. I don't need to wonder
3: Hey everybody, I hope you had fun with Devin K. but don't worry. the fun continues on Krista makes a podcast after a few words from our sponsors.
0: Hey you. Do you have any plans this year?
1: 020-D.com, or on your favorite podcast app.
2: As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista makes a podcast, all you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to band you might not know at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is The Headaches, A three piece punk rock band from North Devon, UK. Consisting of Charlie Charlesworth on vocals and drums, Ming on the bass, and Sam Everly on guitar and vocals. Their debut album, Eight Step Guide to Sobriety, is out now. Here's a snippet of their song Go, Go, Go. go, go, go
1: Rap with Chris and Chris.
3: So Chris, it's pretty amazing in twenty twenty three what you can do and what you've been able to do for a lot of years now in a bedroom with some decent mics and a MacBook. Isn't it? It is.
2: Technology wasn't around when my van started. It wasn't around for, for quite a while. Um studio time was ridiculous we would go to studios that people were charging an exorbitant amount of money for and they didn't know much more than we did we didn't know that at the time (laughs) but it was just some guy just taking a guess and throwing a mic up to an amp and just you know put pushing the fader up type stuff but yeah they are the epitome this band of diy i wanted to give them a shot on the show i wanted to get them on here devin's been cranking it out for many years he's he's logged in some hours he's put he's paid his dues and uh i just love
3: the track i told him i'd Love the song and love, love to talk about it. Yeah, I think the Oingo Boingo and, you know, the, the comparisons you were making were very warranted. They were right, <laughs> you know, that's it, it de- definitely feels like it belongs in that world. And I think that's awesome. I love that stuff. Yeah, the DIY recording, man. I will say the one thing which I guess wasn't a problem for them, but it's definitely been an issue for you know, my band along the way is sometimes when you have no time limitations, yeah, you are saving a lot of money. But when you have no restrictions on how much time you can spend on something, sometimes it tends to go on forever and you don't know when to say, that's enough, you know. That's a great question. I, I wish I would have asked
2: him that because you're right. It's like, and conversely, it could be the other thing. It's like, hey, dude, where's that backing vocal? Where's that backing vocal? When are you gonna When are you gonna do that? When are you gonna send it oh, over? Yeah. And, you know? Oh, I'll get to it. You know? It's kind of you, you get complacent because you you know you're not on the the
3: time constraint of of a label or a budget. I know, man. I know. It's so funny that what you're talking about, I'm literally experiencing right now with my <laughs> band. There's things where it's like, are you gonna do the those backup vocals or not are you ever going to do those we'd like to finish these songs you know uh so yeah that can be the issue sometimes but it is funny i laugh chris about what we spent to record like the first couple punchline albums back in the day like we spent more 20 some years ago to record than we do now because oh. <laughs> we had to spend 40 or 50 bucks an hour in a studio is you know, it, it, I'm sure you experienced that many times.
2: Oh, absolutely! And and back in the day, you know, especially with the major labels, all the producers in the studios, everyone out in you know, especially out in L.A., they they were all in cahoots with one another. So it's <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> like, sure. Oh yeah, here we'll we'll give the band you know fifty thousand dollars, to hundred grand to go record a a record. It's going to sound like a demo with this guy. You know, it's uh, the whole business has changed. The bottom line here is is that you know DIY has been around since you know forever you know my, my band followed that ethic definitely early on and, and I saw this band out there they're just out there killing it night after night they're showing up long drives they're in a van they're they're humping their own gear they're hustling their own t-shirts and um you know i just we, the day that i went out to lunch with Devin, we just had a heart to heart i was just basically like you know picking his brain like what's going on with your band like what are you trying to do because it really did surprise me because his pat his you know band that's you know still together but not doing what they were doing direct hit they had a lot of upward momentum and uh, i really thought that uh, you know something was going to be happen further with those uh, guys and it didn't, but man, he's just, uh, he's out there doing the grind and, and, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him.
3: And it's true, Chris, cause I've experienced it many times now. Less Than Jake fans are very cool. They've always been great to my band. Like countless people tell us they saw us for the first time with Less Than Jake. And that's cool that, uh, Devin Kaye is getting to experience that now too. Also, Hey, I, two more things I want to mention about this episode. One, when it comes to the DIY recording thing, it does seem like, you should go to the studio and record your drums. Mm-hmm. That's pretty important. Unless you're really good at, you know, miking up the drums and you have a really great room, that is the one, the most important is to get, you know, good drum sounds on a DIY recording. I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah, and de- and definitely in rock and
2: in, in metal and things like that. Although you know, Devin mentioned it. Their last uh, couple of projects, I guess they were doing MIDI and triggers. And man, I'm telling you, I I hear some stuff. I I can't really tell the difference. It's uh, you know, right. but they did they did go and get a good uh, good drum sound at a, at a studio and. Again, I'm just impressed that they were all able to. You know, you get these files back, you're like, man, you, you recorded the horn too hot, or you recorded this, this,
3: you know, this, this file's corrupt, or you know, right. And Chris, I had a question for you. I don't think I've ever asked you this. It's pretty funny. He was talking about how in his band, when it comes to mixing, he's the guy that's like, sounds great. And I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of that guy in my band, <laughs> like. I feel like there's so many cooks in the kitchen that have so many opinions about things that unless something is really glaring, I'm usually like, hey, it sounds good. We hired this person to mix this for a reason, whereas all my bandmates always have a big, long list of notes. <laughs> Where do you fall personally on that scale of, of notes? Do you give a lot of notes? Do you have a few notes? How much of a stickler um, are you,
2: man? I I wish I'd get a mix back. There's been a couple times where I've just been like, I, I have nothing to say about it. It's, it's perfect. Uh-huh. There's other times where it's just all over the place. Most of the times now, the people we're working with, it's in the ballpark. You might have to do one or right. two, maybe three recalls. You know, and usually the recalls are just like little vocal, you know, vocal ups or vocal down type things. But I drive my band crazy in the eleventh hour. You know, I'll listen to every. Everybody, I want to hear what everybody else says first. Okay, okay. He agrees with me. He he agrees. He's saying the same thing. Yeah, the snare has to come up, but then I get nitpicky, and that's when I drive them nuts. Yeah. And and it should be no surprise anybody listens to this podcast <laughs> how nitpicky
3: I can get. Well, I'm nitpicky about. Podcast editing for sure. I'm I when I listen to like a poorly edited podcast, it drives me crazy. Like I'm like I can't listen Ugh. to this. There's no effort put into this. <laughs> but with music, I just think that's because I've been lucky enough that I I feel like we're working with great people. We're working with great producers, great mixers, and I trust. Their part of that more. If it it sounded bad, I'd have a million notes. I think I'm just lucky enough that I feel like it usually sounds pretty good, you know? So I I think that's my deal. But hey, man, I think this song from Devin Kaye sounds great. And I thought this was a great episode. And I had a lot of fun listening to it. Devin was a very energetic and entertaining guy and i'm sure that that translates on stage as well and speaking of energetic guys
2: i you know that that's basically uh (laughs) how you would describe chris and i and if you want to hear more of our energetic speak uh you can go over to (laughs) chrisdemakes.com it's basically our patreon it's uh, called supporting cast chrisdemakes.com and for the price of a cup of coffee or two and i say two because. Depending, if you buy the one cup of coffee, you'll get a bonus episode called The After Party, bi-weekly. And if you buy us two cups of coffee, essentially, uh, pay for two cups of coffee, you'll get four bonus episodes, one every week called The After Party, where Chris and I expound on everything from dates back in history to top 100s in music to the episode in
3: question that week and everything else in between. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I have a blast doing The After Party with you, man. It's this whole other podcast we do that... That maybe a lot of people haven't checked out Once in a while I throw a sneak preview episode Like in the feed of Chris to makes a podcast So if you need further proof Go scroll through our back catalog on here You'll find one that says sneak preview In all capital letters You can check out an episode or two of the after party And see if you want to support Chris to makes a podcast At ChrisToMakeS.com. We'd appreciate it Your support helps us continue making the show that you love Absolutely And give Chris
2: Fafalius F-A-F-A F I O S? No, F A F A L I O S. Jeez. L I O S. Yeah, L I O S. Fafafius? No. Fafalius. Chris Fafalius at Instagram. He'd love to have you follow him. And so would I. I'm at Less Than Chris D. And I want to thank this week's guest, Devin Kay, for sitting in with us. And we'll catch you all next week.
3: Krista makes a podcast producer. Chris Vefali is here. Do you enjoy music documentaries? I think I've watched every VH1 behind the music ever. Whether I was super familiar with the artist or not, I was always fascinated with the story. Well, that's what inspired me and my friends to create the docu podcast. I think I just invented that term, a band called Punchline, which yeah, it's the story of the band that I've been in for like 70% of my life now, but we approach the story in a way that's relatable to anyone who's played in a band or loved music or experienced heartbreak or struggled or has just been on a Forrest Gump-like journey through life. I'm really proud of this pod. So if you're a Krista makes a podcast or a one hit thunder fan, I think you'll love it. You can subscribe to a band called punchline for free, wherever you get your podcasts, check it out. It would mean the world to me. And I think you'll love it.
1: Okay. Round two, name something. That's not boring.
2: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
1: Ah. <sighs> oh.